you're listening to Having a Chat, the show where we talk to interesting people with interesting tastes in music about the music that they love. I'm Alex Spears, and this week on the show, a continuation of our local artist spotlight series. We are chatting with 3409. 3409 is a really exciting genre-bending collective of four with good songwriting being at the heart of everything that they do. They've got a lot of great new material out, so we're very excited to have Ro and Dante with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. guys well thanks so much for for joining me thanks for having us yeah um and since there's two of you um can i get you guys to introduce yourselves and perhaps say what you do in the band all right yeah and do you prefer band or group like what's the either or okay cool i I know some people are uh are picky nah let's go with group it sounds sounds cool (laughs) yeah All all right so my name is dante i'm the rapper of the group um we my role is like I do songwriting, I do melody writing, right. and I bring the songs. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I'm Ro. I'm the singer. Um, I do some songwriting. I do a little bit of. He does everything. I do a yeah. I do a little bit of everything. Like I'll try and help out production when I can. I'll try and come up with melodies and all that other stuff. We honestly just pitch a lot of things to each other. So there's a lot of back and forth. Sometimes the four we of us. write for each other too. Exactly. Well, like, and that's interesting to me that the rapper of the two of you is focused so heavily on the melodic side like that is that like um, where do you i wouldn't i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's mainly me because okay, this enough. this man is the melody fucking king he's a <laughs> okay. genius with melody like, <laughs> i i just like it it honestly like with each song like it it's whatever comes out like, yeah so we'll just yeah. like be humming shit or freestyling like a song we did we just started working on a few days ago the beat was playing and then i i was just started humming this melody and it was like really catchy i'm like bro you need to fucking sing this and then he came up with this like trap cadence right and and he and then he started mumbling it and i was just like yo yeah, i, I need to fucking do that yeah, yeah he's yeah. like you gotta take <laughs> it happens like that sometimes where it could be it could be him coming up with my shit me coming up with his shit right and sometimes we write our own like it's like we bounce ideas to each sometimes other. dan and izzy as well like they'll yeah. they'll so, be writing stuff for us too like it's just sometimes they'll give us lyrics or cadences yeah and, and we'll just build around it well and it seems like organic collaboration is really like the thing for you guys just in, in, in the reading that i've done so i mean i guess i guess with that in mind like um so you you were formed at humber right um walk walk me through how that uh, how that came about so more of what happened is Izzy, Dan, and I went to Humber to do music business. And when we first started getting into it, we were just focusing on doing music business. We wanted to just kind of work on building a business, whether it's like a management thing or like trying to start a label or something like that. And Danny and Dante worked together. So one day he brought Dante through and he was like, you should, you know, rap for some, like we have beats, you should rap. So originally we started trying to figure out ways to kind of manage Dante more than anything and just try and like get him to do his thing. And uh, we had a bunch of studio sessions with Dan Kurtz. He runs a studio called The Asylum in Toronto. And he- Shout out The Asylum. Shout out The Asylum. And he just kind of told us like, you guys should work together. You sing well, you rap well, you guys together would make something cool. He's like, it's almost like Backstreet Boys were updated. And we're like, 
I don't know, we want to go with that. But over time, we kind of understood what he was trying to say and we started leaning on each other more. And that's just kind of how it happened. It went from being a school project to being like a group in that sense. Yeah, not unlike Bad, Bad, Not Good. One thing we all were able to see was that like we all were doing it kind of on our own prior to meeting. And so after like doing enough sessions with us, with each other and like seeing like, like the natural chemistry and like how well we work together, it was just like, it was way more fun to do it as a group. Facts. And so like that just helped the process along so much. And it's interesting because like to me, it seems like at least a lot of my friends who will be, they, you know, the goal out of the gate will be to be a musician or to be like a rock star or a rapper or a singer or whatever. And then as you kind of come to realize that like making it as an artist is just immensely challenging, you kind of, you, you go into the business side because like you still, you still love it. You still love the world. You still love the craft, but you know, it's easier to get a paycheck on <laughs> Like frankly, right? Like, I mean, and so where were you at? I guess, Rowan, like that sort of that journey, right? Like where had you kind of had this ambition before and you had kind of shelved it a little bit and then now you're just so stoked to be back in it, like creating or like yeah. where, where were you at in that progression? Yeah, I wouldn't say that I shelved. I kind of shelved it. Like for sure, when I started doing Humber, I was thinking about quitting, not quitting, but not pursuing it full time. Both Dan and I had been in bands before. He was in like funk and rock bands around the city. And I was in like a metal band in Buffalo and I was doing another band with my friend in North Carolina. And that's what I wanted to do is I wanted to do the music business program, learn the trade a little bit, and then move to Carolina to do that band with my friend. But I was very content with just, you know, sticking to the business if that's kind of what took off in that sense. I feel like when you have the creative itch, you can't not help but want to be creative. So even just working around music just made me realize that I couldn't not do it. I had to, I had to kind of keep doing it. So that's when the pivot, the repivot happened where I'm like, <laughs> I want to know about the business, but I also know I need to still be an artist in that regard. Yeah. Well, and, and hats off to you guys, honestly, like just, just the, the ability to, you know, you, you, you just hear so many horror stories of artists getting screwed over um, just because they kind of go in like really green and, and kind of not really knowing what's happening. So I, you know, hats off to you guys for, for sort of learning, learning the business side of things. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about Cali girls. What can you tell us about this song? Yeah, that song was, that song was really fun to write. It was, um, we went to LA last year to shoot pistol in March and we went to go shoot pistol. We were leaving. And as we arrived in LA, they just announced that the borders were going to be closed. So we're like, we have four days to kind of get back to Toronto, um, before they lock the borders and they shut down. Um, so we kind of scrambled to do that. We got everything done. The video turned out really well. And then the day that we arrived and entered lockdown, I was just feeling really, really good about the trip that we had. It was a good, I guess, little vacation from everything that was going on in the world. And I just ended up having this idea of just writing a song that just carried a, kind of a party vibe, but more of just that feel good, positive vibe. So that's, that's where I was at mentally. And I wanted to make sure I captured significant moments in our like little history together because there were it was right in the high off of being a group, you know, like we just had gone back from our first big kind of excursion outside the city. And, uh, we had a great time, came back with some great memories. And like, I want to capture that as best as I can. And, and were you, so something that I'm often fascinated by, like just in, in the, in songwriting is the difference between like capturing a specific narrative versus capturing a feeling. Um, what do you, where do you feel that this song lands on that spectrum? I think it's both. Yeah. And I, I think, they kind of like one kind of feeds the other. Yeah. And so whether it's like something makes you feel something and then that sparks a narrative or whether you have a narrative 
And then that narrative is, is just really matching what you're feeling. Yeah. It's like a natural back and forth there. They, they, they feed each other. And that's a lot of what we do too, is that a lot of times I will focus more on the feeling and Dante will focus more on the story because he's an incredible storyteller. Um, and for me, it's like, I like music for the texture. So I try and use more melodies to carry the feeling along. And that's stuff that we play off a lot. And I think Keller goes like a really good example of us both doing both. And that doesn't happen often where we're just both kind of catching a story and or trying to tell a little bit of a story and catch a feeling. But this song was just able to actually get both the feeling and the story across. Cause the story isn't super detailed, but it's there. Well, and, and, and I think that that's, that's kind of the beauty of like good storytelling and songwriting is that it doesn't need to be super detailed. Like you almost want like anybody to be able to sort of like use it as a way to reflect on their own time and not even necessarily in California, right? Like any place that was sort of like a four day reprieve before the world went crazy. So we're going to talk about 56 Nights by Future. Um, what do you like about uh, Future? And given his rather extensive body of work, why uh, why this song? So actually, um, so a bit of, uh, I'm, I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. Go for um, it. So a bit of my story is I always knew I wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. And I realized that school wasn't going to be like, like I was in a regular business program. And I did, after my first year, I was just like, yo, this ain't it. Like, I, I'm not trying to be doing anything that I see these people doing. And I'm like, if I want to do music, I just got to fucking go for it. And I knew I needed to put in a lot of work. But at the time, I only really listened to, like, old school hip hop. And so, like, my style was heavily influenced by that. It was, I was just, like, not caught up with, like, the world and, like, the times. And so one of the things I was doing along the way while writing every day and honing my craft was trying to get like, trying to keep moving up from dead end job to dead end job. The next one that's going to pay me more, the next one that's going to pay me more. And so like along the process, I wound up at this apprentice program doing it for drywall taping. Okay. So like you installing like the drywall. So I was in an apprentice program and I, I was bonding with this dude and he, he really fucked with like the whole hip hop scene, but like he was very much in the new school shit. And he had asked me if like I ever listened to Future. I'm like, honestly, like I've never really like delved into that. And so he's like, bro, you need to listen to this album. Well, it was a, I think it's a mixtape. He's like, you need to listen to this. And I believe it's 56 Nights is the title track. Yeah. I think it's the, the project's called 56 Nights. I listened to the whole album, but like it, 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 that was like the first song that like I heard where it was like someone was doing something so different from like all the shit I had ever listened to but in such in such a way that I could really just like vibe out to it and really be present. It, it really created an atmosphere for me and mm. that like sparked something in me. And the reason why that's such a big song for me and such a big project for me is because that's what really 
got me to get with the times and like update my sound and just like learn and grow as an artist. That, that song was the changing point for me. Well, and it's funny because I, I do think that like, so I'm not super well versed in kind of like new school hip hop, like our artists like future and stuff. But certainly when I talk to people who are the sense that I get is that like, you know, when all the dust settles and the music historians of, of like 30 years from now are going to be looking at like the real kind of trailblazers of contemporary hip hop of this era, like he is going to be one of them. So like, it's cool to hear that like he was like, for you, just like in your own taste, he was like the guy that kind of turned the page for you. Oh yeah. Big legend. Huge. And he's still like one of like one of my top artists. Like if I want to remind myself, like, like motivate myself, like I'll, I'll listen to some of his old shit. It's like, or even some of his new shit, because he's still sick. We're going to talk about Not a Regular Person. Um, is this Boogie with a Hoodie? Hey, Boogie with a Hoodie, yeah. Yeah, love it. Okay, so um, uh, which one of you guys picked this song and uh, what do you like about it? This was also my pick. And um, the reason why I chose this song, so I was working as a busboy at a restaurant. Yeah. I, I was I was listening to a lot of Future and Young Thug because like after Future, that was the next guy I got yeah, into. Yeah, of course. The logical progression. Yeah. And one thing about them is like, they're very unique and their voices are very different. I remember talking to one of the kitchen guys and he, he was a young kid. He was like 17. Um, I asked him, I'm like, yo, who do you listen to? Like, what, what do you bump? And he's like, yo, I, I, start, I really fuck with this new artist. His name's a boogie with the hoodie. He's like, you gotta listen to this track. So he played me the song. And like, after hearing a snippet of it, I was like, okay, bet. I went out on break and I listened to the whole thing in my headphones. And I'm like, bro, this shit's fire. And I was listening to it for like days on repeat. And the reason why that song really stood out to me and helped me in my mind progress to even a further stage was he was someone who was doing the melodic rapping and doing the vibey, right. happy stuff, but had a voice that was closer to a normal speaking voice or like that wasn't so unique that it was like like because with future it's like his voice has such a low resonance and like right right it's right very characteristic of him and same with young thug but the, on the opposite end of the spectrum in boogie he was like closer to my, to me like where right, right, right. and so like hearing him do that someone that i i like i thought like i i sound sounds like close to my closer to my realm it was like so this is this is how i can build like my shit so like I, I i listened to it and i was like okay i see what he's doing i was able to visualize it and then i was able to like build my own off of like just just like picking up like stuff he would do i would just like start to like mess around with it and try and do it differently yeah 
That, and, and there's something really powerful about that, I think, just across genres where, like, we, we all have that artist that kind of made us realize that we could do it. And, like, I'm, I'm certainly, like, you know, my... my my church, musical church, so to speak, is is punk rock, and 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 in, in and there is kind of a through line there, in my view, where like the whole thing with that genre was that it inspired a whole generation of kids who you know didn't know how to play the piano, they didn't have like a, but it was like you can do this too. So it it it's definitely cool just to kind of understand the how future brought you into the contemporary world, and then boogie with the hoodie was like you can be part of that contemporary world of of, of hip-hop too yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly that's a crazy progression man that's cool done with the perkies i don't even feel like it's working i was playing the bench i was lurking on the block where they plotting no murking you don't even know i was hurting i was fucked up a bitch i me hurting and i think she did it on purpose i can't fuck with the hate i'm allergic i feel like they had me on standby see the pain in my damn eyes i got out of jail and my man stopped i never sleep in the vampire I'm not a regular person, I can't be giving out verses I'm making the industry nervous, I'm still working through all the disturbance I'm done with these Balenciagas, they keep on fucking my socks up Nothing but phones behind us, we used to pull up in the Honda Now every time that we pop up, we gotta pull up in the Zonda We doing it just to remind us, to never go back to the bottom They started off hating on me, everybody debating on me A nigga wrote a statement on me, my life they wanna take it from me So I got a 380 on me it ain't never on safety I be Having all of this paper on me I just hope you keep praying for me I can tell you what happened The streets turned me into a savage I started off jugging and trapping Watched a couple of niggas um, Alright, so uh, next up we're going to talk about Coop Island Blues Yeah, that's me That's you, alright, let's hear it what do, you, uh, what do you like about this tune? I think uh, my favorite thing about the song is just the way the whole thing as a song is put together It's not an individual performance standout It's not a like the vocals are crazy or the production is crazy. It's that everything just in the right place. Everything just kind of fits where it's supposed to. The story is extremely relatable. It's like, I guess some kind of stereotypical like heartbreak song, breakup song, but the storytelling is just so poignant and so clear. The way the vocalist delivers it is just so smooth. You can just listen to it all the time, but the production is very, it has an almost island feel, but not like, Caribbean island feel more like Greek island feel. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just it's. I think the producers are one or two Swedish guys, and then the singer. I don't know where she's from, and it just all fits so well together. Where you can listen to the song and you you can see an image of whatever. It takes everyone to a different place, but you can just see an image painted so clearly because you know exactly what's going through the person's head while they're doing whatever they're doing, kind of thing. So I think that the big thing for me is the composition and the arrangement of the song. That's what I tend to pay attention to in music is. How is the composition? How is the arrangement? How does everything fit together? And this song just nails that. So what is it about this tune that gives it that, like, because that's kind of like a crazy thing. Like, usually when you say, like, an island kind of feel, you, do, you don't think of an island in Greece. Like, what do you, what yeah. gives it that? Like, I, I'm trying to even, like, wrap my head around, like, what that would, how you, how you would go about that. Like, what, what, what about this song gives it that feeling? It's the instrumentation. It's the instrumentation. It's there's an accordion in there and an accordion is a very European sounding instrument to me. So that takes yeah, it away yeah. from the Island feel of like the Caribbean in that sense. But it's also the kind of percussion that's used. It's still melodic, melodic percussion, but it's when you hear it, when you hear it, you can just tell that this is a very European sounding thing. And the only place in Europe that I can think of with islands off the top, like first bat is Greece. <laughs> I, know, I know Spain has, and I know Italy has, but it's more like you just hear it and you'll understand this is definitely, it sounds as if you're in Greece. 
And I, I feel like it has to do with the instrumentation. It probably is traditionally um, European instrumentation. So that's what takes away from the North American feel. Like it's not just a guitar or anything. It's different kinds of mouths that are being used. Um, the different kind of, it's, there's not, it's not sense. It's just, it's all organic instruments that take you to this other place because you can tell that you've heard it before. It reminds you of something, whether it's a movie or like a play, you can tell. Something locked away in the recesses of your mind. Exactly. It takes you there. Yeah, exactly. that's crazy. Man. That's really, I've, ne I've never heard a song described that way. That's really, really cool. If you listen to it, you'll know exactly what I mean too. Um, all right, so uh, let's talk about Icebox by Omarion. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's a tune. That's, that's a tune. That was just, I wanted to go with a metal song at first, but that, that song is probably, uh, it's probably my second or third favorite song of all time. It was, it was my first favorite song that I can remember. It was Icebox. Um, and it was just, once again, it's the composition and arrangement. It, the way it was delivered, you could, so, you know what I'm saying? It, it's so well put together. You can, you can hear the heartbreak in Omarion's voice. You can hear the like sadness and the melancholia and the production, Timbaland's vocal layers. Like, you just hear the exact mood that he was trying to convey. Like he does it so well because of all the layering, all the the way the instrumentation kind of cuts in and out. And Timbaland is just hands down top three producers of all time. Like he really is. Oh yeah, like of course. Body there. Yeah. Him and JT, but him and Omarion in this song, it's just solidified. Yeah. So okay, so I'm I'm gonna pivot to something else slightly because you've you've dropped a couple like too many subtle references to your metal fandom for me to not pick up on that like i've, <laughs> I've got to explore that a little bit like yeah what like i i guess like simple question like what do you draw from metal um that you're able to put into into this group there are a couple songs that have screaming in it now that will be kind of released post now a lot of it is in Certain songs, if you listen to vocal layers, like in There For You or in Crunch Time, there's a lot of background belty stuff. It's a lot of textual stuff because I don't want to shove it down people's throat. It's a very um, yeah. <laughs> subtle thing. So like I look at how Jared Leto from 30 Seconds to Mars or Ollie from Bermuda Horizon would do it where they're able to do poppy things but still kind of have that edge. Yeah. And now it's just trying to incorporate some more belting and also the harmonies I choose to use will try and almost refer back to early 2000s, mid 2000s metal or like post hardcore even a little bit of emo music just that stuff that's a little bit darker because i feel like that music explores melancholia as opposed to just sadness and it has a very pretty um way of interacting with certain melodies so it just helps with the melody writing too yeah cool yeah no i mean it's it, it is i always love like hearing from artists who kind of have a fandom within them that, that you, on the surface level would appear to be out of left field but when they sort of ex explain it like that it, it, it makes sense like that's kind of the beauty of music that you get to layer things in like that. why can't I get it right just can't let it go I 
open up, she let me down. I won't feel that no more. I got memories. This is crazy. Shame nothing like a girl like you used to know. I don't mean to take it out of you, baby, but I can't help it. Cause my heart is in the same old condition that baby left it. And I apologize. Look me in my eyes. Promise you won't do me the same. Um, all right, so we were talking a little bit about Coltrane um, before we started, and this was one that you guys picked together, so I, I'd love to hear from both of you. Um, what is it that you like about uh, about this artist? You might drive me insane. You might drive me insane. She gonna pick okay. up my brain. The whole thing with fucking Coltrane is this man can repeat the same <laughs> cadence over and over, and it just slaps stuff. <laughs> it doesn't sound too repetitive. It doesn't sound like he's it doesn't get annoying it's not like one of those pop songs where you just hear the fucking same shit over and over <laughs> and it drives you nuts and by the 10th time hearing it you want to like break the radio yeah but he just had he's, he's able to do it and he does it through like subtle variations in its melodies like it'll be the same thing but like he'll just you know change one note or change like one word and this song is like a great example of that because like he there's a lot of repetition, but he just fucking nails it. <laughs> you know what's interesting about songs of repetition? So like we we had this like I I used to kind of not love like there's some songs that are very repetitive that I'll, that I can get behind, but I used to kind of not love that. But then it was like particularly in like the sort of like the rock and R and B kind of world. But it was when um, actually someone on the show pointed out that what a lot of these songs are kind of like is almost like dance music yep. in the sense that like in the same way that you're describing like you know take a song like robot rock by daft punk like that that song is just like it's repeating the same thing over and over again but there are these like little variations that just kind of keep you keep you on your toes and it, it really is something that i've come to appreciate recently like it be, because i feel like that's hard to do well yeah, hundred oh, percent. It is, and I think the first person that got me into that was Lil Uzi because Lil Uzi is <laughs> yeah. so repetitive, but he's just so saucy with it because he knows how to keep your attention while being repetitive. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. All right, so Ro, what about uh, what about this song? Does it for you? It's still a composition and arrangement. I think that's the only thing I really look at when I when it comes to whether I like a song or not. Most of the time, and it's the production on this song is just so it has such a huge bounce to it that you're not even aware of it because it's not like a crazy bounce where you're like trying to swing your head to it, but it's constant. But the instrumentation is so sparse and it's a really cool guitar sample. It reminds me of a lot of the music I would have listened to when I was still listening to like a lot more metal and post-hardcore. And I like how people are able to take those guitar-ish leads and flip them into more pop or trap or whatever Coltrane is because he rides the line a lot. Yeah. But that's another thing with him is that he does ride a lot of lines. You can hear the hip-hop in him. I still hear so much Frank Ocean in him. And the production is still so modern, you know, and his storytelling is insane. He's able to paint crazy, crazy clear pictures. And his melodies are repetitive enough so you don't forget them, but they are, you said they're inventive enough, enough yeah, that, that, where you want to keep listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, it, it is cool for me because like, 
as I was saying, to you guys before we started, like like I, I know of him because of Paul Weller, and like certainly like I know I know he did collabs with Paul Weller, and like that's kind of another layer, right? Where it's like like mod revival getting thrown in there, and like and and in the stuff that I've heard of his, like you, especially the stuff that he did with Paul Weller, obviously, like you can you can hear just all those layers, and it's just it, it's really really cool, and it's really really powerful. I lost a pencil, need a pen to talk, need a pen to really feel away. I lost a bag, I lost a bag, you need that shit to really feel away. You ain't looking for it in the dark, yes, you lost your mind in yesterday. But I can't say, be say, cause I still wanna grab you closer. And we both so out of our minds, and you whisper to me, stay over. It's gonna be a different kind of night You said the night isn't over But today is tomorrow And I need Malibu Sleep in the valley And all these things We could try to get the sheets You don't have to move to nothing I can stay awake all the time I got things to do um, Okay, so um, We're gonna now wrap up by chatting About something about you what, uh, what can you tell us about this song? This is Dan's baby Like Danny, Danny Dell He's the one who came up with I don't know, 85, 90% of the song. I think he gave you some cadences. He gave both of us. You know, he, he wrote my entire part. Well, him and Dante wrote my entire part. Um, he gave Dante cadences. He came up with the cadences for the chorus. He came up with the bass. He came up with a drum. Like, he just really manned that track. He had a vision start to finish yeah. with this song. And like, we just trusted him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm, I love bands that kind of have that approach to songwriting where you can kind of like, you know, some songs you'll want to take the lead and then sometimes you want to take a step back. Like, and, and I think that that's, it's not as easy as one might think because, you know, egos get in the way and, and stuff like that. Right. Like, so how was that something that came naturally to you guys right off the bat or, or is that something that you had to work on? And, and, and if so, like, how did you kind of get to the point where you're able to just like take a step back and take direction from someone else? Like, um, and, and really just kind of let the song go about its, its own course. Hell no. <laughs> for, for Roe, it was definitely easier because of the kind of person he is. Yeah. He's just a very genuine, like, um, humble person. Right. He may have his, like, moments. His moments. Yeah. But, um, and also, like, Roe is very particular, like, where, where if he knows something and he knows something's evolve a certain way, he won't budge. So, like, <laughs> he knows when to stand his ground. Yeah. With me, that was a huge issue because, uh, one, it's like, I've been doing, I was doing it on my own for like a long time, like since I was 14, I'm, I'm 25. So since I was 14 to like 22, 23, I was on my own. And so like, I just always ever, I always thought it had to be like, it has to be me. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah sure. But working with these guys really opened my eyes to that. And now I'm at the point where I don't give a fuck who wrote it, who came up with it. Like if it's dope, it's dope. It, it was really through the growing our bonds and like really trusting each other. Once, once we all got to a point where we knew like, like the trust was there, the love was there and it was all for the sake of just writing dope music. That's when it just like, it became easy. I think the other thing that helps with that though, is after you spend so much time with the same people, you start to know what they want to do. Yeah. So a lot of times it's like, Dan will be like, Oh, you don't listen to this kind of music. So you're not aware, but if you do this cadence, like you, it'll sound good. So then you just trust them. You're like, I, I know you. And he knows me well enough to know that this kid is something that I would sing. So I'll do it. Yeah. Same thing with D and like same thing with Izzy. That everyone just understands each other's, you know, their strengths, but their weaknesses as well, but also their preferences. And you just try and cater to their strengths and preferences and make sure that you're just trying to make the best song. So what who's gonna deliver it the best? What's gonna sound the best? 
what's going to make the product at the end project at the end rather just sound as clean as it should. And a lot of times, a lot of times you'll know, you'll miss things if it's just you doing it on your own. Right. Because you're so focused on yourself that you're not looking at the bigger picture. Yeah. And having a group makes it a lot easier to look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Well, and I feel like there's also, is there's got to be a certain element of trust in trusting that your, your group mates, your bandmates are right in their understanding of who you are. You know what I mean? Cause like, cause anybody can think that they understand who you are, but, but to trust that they're right about you is I feel like in, uh, you know, a whole other level up from that. Right. Like just. And that, that comes from like, from respect. Yeah. And I, I think like we all recognize that we're all dope musicians and because of that, like we have an underlying respect for each other and that because there's that respect, like the trust, like the trust was easier, was easier to build. Yeah. guys well so um before we wrap up we always like to give our guests a chance to plug latest releases socials all the fun stuff nice everyone loves to plug <laughs> yeah so you gotta keep it up follow us on instagram apt3409 yep. on spotify with 3409 yep. um we just dropped the song yesterday it's a fucking banger <laughs> yep. cali girls this man destroyed this track we destroyed it G. we destroyed I fucking it. added a little sauce on the top <laughs> no dressing if, if, if you want to have some fun in the sun you better fucking bump this song. yeah it's like, a good song for that you don't you don't want to miss out poolside cars if it's sunny you just need to bump it that's what right. it is you got well, i'm about to go sailing so i'm gonna throw it on the speaker while we're out on the water so uh, oh you're gonna love it trust me i'm telling you perfect <laughs> send, take a video too send it to yeah, me. yeah yeah i'll send it i'll send it over yeah we're 3409 i'm dante this is Ro. There you go. Thank you, though. Thank you for your time. Thank I you appreciate it. Thanks very much to Ro and Dante for joining us this week. As always, you can find full versions of this show wherever you get your podcasts or at havingachat.com. The show is produced by myself and Alex Anderson. Social media and marketing materials are done by Petra Walker. So don't forget to check us out on social media at havingachat. Theme music is composed by Duncan Briggs and Sugar Glass. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.